as the world outside seems to be getting darker, colder and more oppressive with each day. It is more important than ever to connect to the truth of who you are, the light within, so that you can shine that through you, from you, out to those around you. Midday mindfulness is being created specifically to deliver you all the information that you will ever require in order to inspire and empower yourself to become the source of your own inspiration and with it your own liberation. In this weekly podcast, Kane Stromberg and all of his amazing guests bring to you the very secrets to reality, how to go about actually becoming an energy master and with it mastering life itself. Consciousness expansion is the name of my game and so you will know my name is Kane. Welcome to Midday Mindfulness. In this weekly podcast, we share with you the very secrets to reality and how to go about actually creating the life of your dreams in all ways. Only through the upliftment and liberation of yourself can you then deliver this information to everybody else so that together, now, we can create a world of true equality. For all. I welcome you to the family, to the tribe, to the club and look forward to connecting with you on a deeper level very soon. Okay, we're now live. Hello. So, hello everybody. Greetings, infinite blessings and welcome to another episode of Midday Mindfulness. Today, I have the pleasure of having Emily on the show, and we are going to talk all about the inner work, going actually into the depths of our awareness within the, within the mind, let's say, but also energetically, knowing that within the darkness, there is quite often treasures to be found that are only found in the darkness. In the light, it's easy to wander around, looking and being able to see everything in its place. When we go into the darkness is when we discover those truths that cannot be found anywhere else. Emily, thank you, thank you, thank you for joining me on the show today. Thank you for giving me the pleasure and the honor of spending some time with you and to be able to reflect upon one another. Please, Take a moment to introduce yourself and let everybody know about you and your journey so far. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you for that intro. How beautiful. Um, I'm thankful to be here. So glad to connect with you and chat with you and just kind of catch up. Um, yeah, so I was actively coaching for six years. My name's Emily James, by the way. Um, and I was actively coaching for six years but I kind of stepped back last year and really realized I had so much, so much to go through, so much to work on and integrate. I had been not only coaching the, all that time, but consuming as well, consuming and um, learning and absorbing so much information. And I wanted to get my hands on every single piece of like spiritual or any kind of anything that I hadn't really known before, but my mind was starting to get interested in, mm -hmm. I had to absorb it, I had to get more and more of it. And I feel like a lot of people do that often um, in the coaching space. We, we were like, oh, we can create a profession out of this. I can 
put my skills that I'm already naturally good at holding space for people, helping people identify triggers, helping them heal, like all these things, right? That healers and light workers and everybody comes into the this earth plane knowing already. Um, we realize we can make money, we can make a living off of that. And so we want to dive in head first, like sign me up, where can I, where can I sign up? And 100%. what I started to realize around that time, and I guess I'm just going to dive right in. Um, I started to realize around that time was I hadn't, like I said, I hadn't integrated everything that I was learning. So I was helping people. Yes. Speaking my mind, speaking my truth, all that stuff, creating, 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 outputting content, but there was something missing and I could feel that weird link um that needed to be addressed um so last year i left my ex-partner who i was with for five years so here's this pandemic right that we have and then all the stuff that we went through last summer with the civil rights movement and black lives matter and all this stuff and i'm starting to realize him and i are not on the same page with a lot of things i mean we're five years in I'm committed. I'm ready to marry this dude. I'm ready to, to jump all the way in. And over the years, I did realize so many things that we just weren't compatible and we weren't very, very much on the same page with social structures or so, social issues at all. Um, so I, that was only one reason. But the other thing was we just couldn't really get along towards the end of it. So had to uproot my whole life <laughs> well to, to, you know, um, unwire all of the, every, everything we had together. We had a home, we had a phone bill, we had all these things, right. That were intertwined. And when I left, I came, drove home three hours in the middle of the night and I just had to start over. I had to get home and start completely over. I stayed with my brother for a month, then I stayed with my sister for a month. Then I went and I lived with my parents for six months. And now here I am. I just, it's actually, I'm two months into having my own place and really Amazing. just feeling so grounded, feeling so centered, feeling mm. so much better than I, I remember feeling, not just when I left, but, you know, those, those moments and those bursts of depression and, and, um, integration and all those things that come up when you're going through not just a breakup but anything that is pulling you away you know yes. it's my it was my soul definitely telling me this is not in alignment this is not you this is not for you mm -hmm. and i couldn't any longer i know all that time all those years i had this little itch or this little like i knew that i really needed to make sure for myself, for me to be happy mm -hmm. that I was eventually going to have to leave. And I just didn't want to do it because my human was so comfortable, right? We get so comfortable. We get so complacent. And that was, that was the hardest thing for me. And now I'm just, this is where I'm at. I'm still very much single and <laughs> in my own place. And it feels really, really good to just just need myself, just need my Amazing. love like for myself. Yeah. To just be, to be you, to be able to be you freely without a 
wondering if you're good enough or if you're being the way somebody else wants you to be or if you're saying the right things or doing the right things well done thank you thank you first of all for choosing you because not many people do that most people are so integrated within the system that we have to be a certain way we have to do certain things we have to follow instructions that they do that their entire life if you hadn't have made that decision, we wouldn't now be sat here having this conversation. You wouldn't have made the decision to go back into further education, potentially to continue upon your journey. So going back a, a couple of steps, let's say, in your discovery of the potential that lies within you, that you are yourself, being able to be you and, as you say, to get paid for it, the way that I've come to realization is that it's just energy. It's all energy. So as we're flowing energy through us outside to other people around us, they're flowing energy through them back to us in, in exchange. They give money. We give time and energy and love and wisdom. It's, a, it's an exchange, which if it's beneficial on both parts, it's only going to be uplifting. In your journey, you said that you learned lots and there was so much information that you gathered. And then it took you a little while to, to step away, as it were, to then go about integrating all that information. What was the most powerful or life-changing piece of information that you came across, whether it was a book or somebody that you discovered that was a teacher or a guide of some sort? What would be a major influential piece of information to share with the listeners so that they can go about actually going down that path themselves? Yeah, yeah, I'll share with you. <clears throat> so after my breakup, so that was back in August. Mm -hmm. And so August, September, October, November, I had actually met someone, dated them for a couple of months and have a point I'm going to share at the end. <laughs> but um, I dated them for a couple of months and realized I was in a very <clears throat> mentally and I would say emotionally abusive relationship for a very short amount of time, maybe six to eight weeks, but mm -hmm. it was right after my other relationship. And so I think I was in this vulnerable place where I, I couldn't really tell, you know, because normally I'm very aware and I'm very conscious of being able to tell when, when someone is either toxic or abusive or gaslighting me, manipulating me, that kind of Beautiful. thing. And I had never, ever, ever, actually, I'd never been in a relationship like that. Um, I've always, for the most part, had healthier relationships, maybe not so healthy dynamics, um, mm -hmm. but healthy relationship, communication, all of that. Nice. And with this, it was very different. So towards the end, um, it was very random. I woke up one day and something told me, you, you have to break up with this person. You have to let this person go and then completely be on your own. Stay single, stay by yourself, learn how to love yourself. And I have actually been in relationships up until that point since I was 14 years old. Even as a little girl, I was boy crazy. I always had a boyfriend or something. I'd be coming home to my mom being like, I have a boyfriend, whatever. So my entire life, I, had, I hadn't been alone. And I think that was that subconscious. 
I did not want to be alone. I was scared to be alone. I was scared to sit with myself. Mm-hmm. I was scared to sit in what possibly could have felt like emptiness or a void. I didn't want to sit with that. And I think subconsciously, oh. I was always searching, always needing something. And so right after that, of course, I'm needing some kind of comfort, some kind of care, some kind of nurturing, looking so much for what I <laughs> what I didn't have or what I um, lacked some somewhere or you know throughout my child childhood or my adolescent period. And um, sorry, let me get some water. <laughs> my throat starts to get dry. From what you said so far, I'd say there's two potential reasons that you called in the person who was slightly repressive or narcissistic in tendencies in the relationship to show you again that a relationship's not what you need. Actually, it's best to be apart or to go after separating from such a long period of time in in a relationship that you had invested in and thought was going to be forever to step away from it would then potentially revert you back to a time when you felt unable to make decisions that were potentially the right decision to make let's say so maybe you reverted back to being six and at that point in time you had a relationship that was slightly negative and repressive somebody used to be mean to you but you still were open to receive that so everything we do comes from a program. I know you know this yourself because this is what you you used to do and you still do. Whether you have the title and label and charge people for your coaching, you're still coaching. The words of wisdom that you are speaking that you're flowing through you now is a form of coaching. You're delivering information to other people. So again, thank you for everything you continue to do. And yeah, <laughs> carry on, please. No, yeah. Thank you for that reflection and just noticing you know, those two things. Um, and I have had issues in the past with making decisions, real seeing, you know, seeing that fine line between being confident in my decisions and, mm-hmm. and feeling the energy of other people in like inflicting on or projecting on those decisions, whatever the case was. Mm-hmm. Um, but long story short, I went through some really just terrible things with this other, this other person that randomly, and I do believe it was so karmic. It was, I mean, our sex was like so toxically good that I really just didn't, I think that may have been, (laughs) maybe that was, you know, my, my rose colored (laughs) glasses there Yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, and not realizing and, and all the love bombing, of course, I had no idea that that was a thing. I didn't know love bombing was, I didn't even know that term. So what's that then? I've not heard of that before either. So once I got out of this relationship, I did a lot of research on narcissism and narcissists will love bomb you the first few weeks of your relationship, making you feel like you are so safe with them. Here's, you know, everything. I love you. You're amazing. All these things, right? Yet, as as soon as you start to let your guard down and, and feel safe with them, they start to manipulate and gaslight. And, and sometimes you have no idea that they're doing it. So one thing that mm-hmm. I think really hit a chord with me one time he would talk about the things I did on social media, or he would talk about my selfies and things like that. And 
I think he was just very insecure and most mm-hmm. narcissists are just highly insecure and they're unaware of, of any of those things. You know, they're so unaware of it. A lot of people who are insecure, they're, they're aware that they have insecurities. They're aware that they, you know, but there's, there's no, they're perfect in their eyes, seriously. And yeah, I, um, I ended up telling him when I left him, you know, I didn't, I didn't want to come off as like, I know everything and I know you're a narcissist, but at the same time I said, I really think that you should look into some form of therapy. I think that you're a narcissist. I think you're narcissistic or you have these um, tendencies. Exactly. He didn't respond to me, but then months later we talked again and he told me, thank you for telling him that. And he told me he would have never known the term. He would have never looked it up. He would have never done any kind of research if I hadn't told him. And when I sent the message, I mean, I was scared. I did not like that at all. I didn't like, I didn't want the response. I didn't want to argue. I don't argue. I just don't. And so um, I didn't want to risk him hurting me again, you know, coming with the backlash. Um, but it worked out, it worked out very well. And regardless, in the end, he still turned out to be complete narcissist and complete asshole is what I, um, usually (laughs) refer of him to, but my mom bought me. So this is my, my point to your question. My mom bought me a book for Christmas and it was called date yourself. And I have definitely, whenever I was with my ex of five years, I would tell him all the time, I really just feel like I need to do this alone. Like, I feel like I need to heal on my own. I need to do it without a partner. And he would always tell me, no, we can get through anything together. We're a part, we're a team, we're partners. Mm -hmm. But sometimes that's not how it's supposed to go. And you have to listen to yourself, not, you know, because my thing was, I had committed to this. When I commit to something, I don't back down. I don't, I don't stop working um, until, you know, it's done. But this was very different. And I had so much shame. I had so much guilt around leaving because I had committed. Um, And so that, that's been one really, really big struggle in my life I think even um you know when it comes down to canceling plans it's actually not a people pleasing thing for me it's not because I want to please the other people I could care less about that Mm -hmm. it's actually because when I commit to something in my mind and in my heart I'm so in for it and so dedicated to it and I don't it's just how I've always been I feel like I can't cancel or I can't change my mind or I can't do this and that. And that's been, that's been my number one thing. So this book really helped me, um, changing the subject from that. This book really helped me, um, learn how to love myself and date myself and Mm -hmm. care so much about my health and my body and my mind, like all of the things. And, it was just so random too. My mom, she buys us Christmas presents, but nothing ever too crazy. But this mm-hmm. book was so significant. 
And it really, really, really helped me out of a really tough spot back then. So I can send you the info for that. I highly recommend it for anyone that has gone through a breakup or even if you're not going through a breakup, even if you are with a partner, this book will help you because it's about self-love. Doesn't matter, you know, if you're in a committed relationship or if you're single. Beautiful. Thank you. Thank you for that beautiful reflection of the internal, for sharing your heart, for sharing all of yourself. And yeah, for for being open and honest, because again, being open and honest with yourself means that we can be open and honest with other people. And it is, it's a realization that we only really ever have the self. When we're complete in ourselves, we can then be complete with everybody else. When we try to hide or limit the version of ourselves so as not to offend or upset or as not to shine too brightly let's say for some people which is quite often what happens in the in the journey that many people are on at the moment the spiritual awakening you start to awaken to all this new information and potential and the other person doesn't like it because they don't understand it because that's the truth of it what the ego doesn't understand it condemns interestingly i have a very very similar program because again i'm just going to call it what it is where i don't i can't fail i will not fail it's powerful and positive and it also will mean that you will hang on to things until literally their weight becomes so heavy that you have no alternative but to let go before it rips your arms off Mm. so it's listening to that internal guidance again as you did yourself knowing that when the voice whispers to you that it takes a while to realize the difference between the egoic fear going, don't go that way. We don't know what's over there. Stay here where it's safe. And then your higher self saying, look, come on, this isn't the right direction to take. Let's check it, check in with yourself and then decide where to go forwards from there. Shame is the most repressive frequency, emotion or, or feeling that we all carry with us being shamed for something as simple as taking an extra biscuit when you were four off the plate, when you went to your grandparents or something, there's a plate of biscuits and you have an extra one. Why are you having an extra one? Why is everybody else not having one? Why are you more important than them? Ah, sorry. Or something as simple as eat all your food. There's some children in the world that don't have any food. Okay. Now I feel really bad. And I'm going to make sure that I eat every morsel of my dinner every single time. It's so, so interesting to be able to look at ourselves from an alternative perspective, from outside of ourselves. So when we respond in or we react in a certain way, we can go, okay, that was interesting. That didn't feel as though it was completely natural. That came from a place of insecurity or fear of some sort. And then we can look at the reason why and then go in and and actually discover the fact that we are safe, the fact that we are good enough, the fact that even just a single breath in and out, that that actually affects everything around us. And without you being here, none of this would exist for you to experience. And again, your unique experiences, the more that you share them, the more other people can relate to them. And everybody on the chat is saying thank you. Thank you for sharing your story. Thank you for being so open and honest and and being on this journey from what is collectively quite present at the moment, at the surface. Narcissism is something which is 
is ingrained into our society. And I completely understand where you're coming from with it. It's almost as though if somebody opens a door and says, come into my sweet shop. I don't know why it's a sweet shop. I'm thinking, I'm thinking of my dad here. So he would, he would share me with gifts when I, cause I'd see him maybe once a year, let's say it would, the first few days would be amazing. And then it leaves you almost expecting that that's how things will be. And then it gets taken away, but to a point where you still almost are trying to be good enough to receive what they had previously given you, but you're never going to be good enough from that point on because they have switched roles or they've switched the way that they're behaving themselves. It doesn't matter what you do. They will never give you what they previously did. And then you go through potentially your entire life, which is some people never leave those relationships, always seeking validation and approval from that person, which will never be received. Again, by learning to love ourself, by coming back into the self, by appreciating and validating yourself, not because of what you've done or what you do or how good you are, X, Y, or Z, simply for being you, for being you, for being true to yourself, which is again what you've done. So yeah, just being here is enough, right? Yes. And um, yeah, I wanted to piggyback off of a little bit of what you were saying um, about the narcissism because what was really interesting. So the reason that you never get it is because they're not emotionally available for that. They, they can't give it to you literally because it's not in them. It's not necessarily because they don't want to. I believe all of that is so subconscious. Anything that has to do with the narcissism is so much subconscious stuff that goes into it. And um, it was very healing for me later on to have this conversation with him because that's what he had said to me he said my whole childhood i was surviving i was focused on surviving there was nothing else for me to focus on he said i had so much trauma and so much terrible things that i went through mm -hmm. that i had to learn to shut it all down shut it all off and just survive and just make it and when he explained it to me that way, of course, I was able to have more compassion for him instead of cool. just being so mad and resentful that, you know, he had been this person when I met him. And then it just everything. It, it was like I was digging and digging and digging and digging, trying to find that person, <laughs> trying to get that person back in here. And I just couldn't. And, and he's he even said, he said, I probably won't ever go to therapy, but I do appreciate you telling me. And that was, that was not the end of that. There's a lot of other things that, you know, I don't really, I want to share, but I don't want to share just for privacy and stuff like that. But wow, what an experience. And it was only between six and eight weeks. That's how I know it was just so karmic, mm -hmm. you know, such a strong, he, came in and then it was like gone the next moment but it hit me like a hurt it hit me like a ton of bricks and from i think it was it was towards it was right before thanksgiving here in the u.s um that i had broken up with him and december was such a hard month for me and then you know january things started to get better 
February, I was finding a place to move into March. We moved in. So everything has definitely been on the up and up since then, but it was such an experience. And, And it was very interesting too, because I had realized a lot of things that he did reminded me of my dad and what my dad would do whenever I was younger, gaslighting the, the manipulative stuff was so present there. And I, I noticed every time he would do it, I'd be like, shit, like this reminds me of my dad. This is so confusing. Um, cause I didn't know my dad was a narcissist. <laughs> I didn't growing up. We don't do you? without the, without the information we, we don't know. That, that's exactly what it is. You know yourself. You've already just, let's say, diagnosed, but you've discovered the root cause of why you created that relationship. Because after leaving what you had seen as your your adult future uh, entire life relationship, having left it, you reverted back to requiring a relationship from a male that you understood at a previous point way before having had that five-year relationship that you went into so you've gone back into being a, a younger child and then seek somebody who was a reflection of your father in a way of understanding that connection um absolutely it is it's so so interesting and really knowing yourself how, how do you go about doing the work because it's quite clear to see and to hear that you are very very dedicated to to what you're doing whether again whether you're doing it as an actual profession or not at the moment doesn't matter it's completely irrelevant you're doing the work you're you're shining your light and you're helping to inspire and guide others back home to that light that's found within themselves so what's your kind of go-to technique let's say Yeah, absolutely. So a few years ago, I came up with this protocol. It's called the six avenues of healing. And um, can't really remember all of them on the top of my head off the top of my head. But it is it's basically it's the basics um, of taking care of yourself. That's like where it starts. Because Mm -hmm. yeah, we can we can definitely attack this shadow work with some journaling, right. Or listening to a YouTube video, or we can, um, listen to podcasts and uh, there's so many things, Mm -hmm. but I think it starts with the basics of, even if you want to eat something that makes you feel like total shit, choosing something that makes you feel amazing. You know, those little things, makes such a difference. And I know this because for years I was doing all the work. I was doing all the shadow work, all the stuff, the meditating, everything. And, but I was also, you know, drinking very heavily and I was, um, smoking weed every single day. I mean, I still smoke, but it's not like I was then it was all day, every single day. And, and, you know, some people can do that, but I'm not judging. I'm just saying where I came from, it wasn't working for me. Um, And then like nicotine and sodas and things like that, that I will not label as bad, but within moderation, of course, you, you also want to fuel your body with things that are good Mm. for you really, really nourishing for you, for your skin, for your hair, for your stomach, your gut, you know, anything, 
having to do with your health and your mental health as well, your physical and your mental health. That's where it starts, I believe. Yes. And coming, then, go ahead. Coming back to, so every time I do something, it's bigger picture or smaller picture. So you take it all the way to the end of one, one direction. It's what's nourishing for your soul. If having a smoke is nourishing for your soul, then have a smoke. If you get to the point where it's not serving you anymore, to not smoke is then what is nourishing for your soul. So then that is the decision to take. It will require some form of self-dedication. It will mean that you have to compromise in certain ways with the ego or the the desire or the attachment, the the addiction, let's say, to, to nicotine, as it were. And then you can then create a new path, which is more enriching to the soul. Come back to the soul. What What is most beneficial for me in this moment? If it's eating a, a pizza, if that's what's most beneficial for you, then crack on and eat that pizza. There is nothing negative other than what we attach negativity to. When we yeah. collectively associate something as negative, it is negative. When we collectively associate it as positive, it is positive. It's the individual and collective will and perspective of it. It's the belief in something which creates it. Beautiful, and beautiful. 100%. And, um, you know, beyond that, beyond your physical health, I just, I love, I actually really enjoy meditating and I really enjoy yoga and things like that. Working out, um, working out helps me to really clear that energy that gets 100%. stuck in my body. 100%. And so once I start working out, I mean, my mind, that's when I really start going. Mm -hmm. And then I can actually clearly think about things. If I, if I don't work out for a really long time, I start to go downhill very quickly. Um, depression, anxiety, all that. It, it's almost, it's the flip of a switch. So um, preventing that is my number one priority all the time, <laughs> you know, because that's worth it to me. I care about how I feel. Mm-hmm. If you care about how you feel, you want to feel good. You want to do things that are good for you. So the other, the other thing I was going to say that I would say that helps me the most is I have really, really great friends that I talk to about, yes. uh, about my life. You know, I talked to that. I have one friend in particular, like, we voice note, not all day, every single day, but we voice note every day and we check in and we talk about our triggers and we talk about how we're feeling that day. We're checking in. It's almost like a virtual, it's a journal in, in a way. And, you know, I don't journal as much anymore because I don't feel the need to. I feel very fulfilled in that way of expressing and getting things out and really not holding it all in by no means does that mean I'm super comfortable sharing and expressing and being so open. Um, that's something that's always been very hard for me is, is keeping my heart open and, and not, you know, opening it a little bit, then closing it off a little bit, close it off. I have been really working on just staying open and, and not, um, really giving into those instincts to at any point or any trigger close it off. Uh, because when I get triggered, that's, that's what I would have normally done is, is okay. It's done block, leave Mm -hmm. that person behind, but it's so important to stay open and to express and find some, some friends or family members, whatever it is, Mm. um, to share things with. Beautiful. Because once you share your story, because that's what it is, it's all a story. It's information, 
and experiences. My perspective of an event will be unique to me as it is to you. And it's my story versus your story and then the collective story that we all create. So when we share our story, we realize it is just a story. Instead of it being me, oh no, this thing and me, and it's, I'm all separate and alone. Once you share it, if you share a story up to about seven times with seven different people, you will separate from it being something that happened to you. And instead it will be something that happened either for you or that you were part of to start with. Knowing that it happens for you, that you create it all, is the most powerful way to, well, the most true way to exist, but it's the most powerful way in a in a goic perspective of things. Knowing that you called in your, your narcissistic relationship so that you could have that big spike, that big up and down, and then decide to go forward in your own way, alone, as it were, so that you can come into completion in yourself again, that was called in by you whether it was your higher self or your your subconscious awareness of self that brought it in, you created that event. If you then become defiant of it, you just become defiant of yourself. So again, it's the acceptance of it and, and self-love. Self-love, as everyone's saying on the chat, is the way forward. Self-love is, is the key. It's always love. The answer is always love. Truly it is. Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you. And it came to mind as you were talking. So two images I got. So the first one, I will, yeah, let's use that one. Okay. So there's a house in the house. You're safe. You open the door It's raining outside. So you decide to close the door and to stay safe indoors again. This is your heart. The house is your heart. When you open the door to the world outside and you look outside, if it's dark and cold and scary because you've not been out there, then it's always going to be dark and cold and scary. It's raining, there's clouds, well, there's a little bit of light from the moon, but you know it's, it's nice and warm and safe indoors, so I'm going to stay here. It's opening the door and allowing for a realisation, first of all, that there is something outside. So you can look outside, you can look out the window, you can look out the door, you can say, okay, now I have an understanding of what's out there. Then the next step is to actually venture out to become familiar with the fact that you can give yourself, that you can open your heart, that you can shine love through you, because in truth, it's not yours. The most powerful, let's say the conclusion that I've come to is that when I love, I am just being true to who I am. It's not me. So I love through me. Because there will always be, every single person listening to this, there will be part of you that you don't like. Every single person, no matter how far along your journey you are, no matter how deep you've gone into this work, and I do this daily. And after later today, I'm actually going to, to take another journey and I'm going to do a live about, I'm going to record it so that people can see. If you come into realisation that it's... God's love, let's say God, it's source, it's the universe, source actualized. That love shines into me and through me. And then everywhere I go, I can be that love. I can love on everybody. My ego doesn't like a lot of people because there's a lot of people that are very controlling and repressive and less than what my ego wants them to be. 
So if I allowed my ego to run the show, then it would be very separate from love. I would be very separate from love most of the time by knowing that it's not my love, that each person is perfect as they are and is somebody as narcissistic. It's not their choosing as such. It's not their fault. Their soul has chosen to come here to experience unique experience. That is what's most beneficial for their unique experience as well as yours as we could co-create it. If your ex had not had his tendencies, he wouldn't be on his journey and you wouldn't have been able to co-create for that period of time that you did. Mm -hmm. So it's knowing that we are safe. It's venturing outside into the rain, knowing that actually this body, and I've done a, I've done a video on the ego and it's, it's belief, the ego coat, I've called it. So the ego thinks that you go outside and you get, you get wet. So imagine that the water is energy information that's raining down upon you all the time the ego wants to fight it this is though instead of going outside and putting on a coat which is then keeping you dry and protected being able to create a pillar of protective white light bringing our protective elements and our ancestors and our guides etc etc whatever technique it is that you like to utilize connecting to the earth the ego wants to fight the rain because it is, doesn't understand it is fearful of it so it wants to attack it or to run away from it it's knowing that we're like a duck to water, that we are everything in completion, that we haven't come here to suffer. We've come here to just be ourself. And simply by being true to who you are, vibrating at your unique resonant frequency, everybody's built from love. Every, everything is foundationally laid upon a bed of love, let's say. And then the way I've been showing it is we're each a different color. So I'm purple and I'm a slightly different shade of purple to you. And if I try to be your shade, then I'm not being me. And I'm not only doing myself an injustice, but I'm doing everybody an injustice because then the rainbow isn't complete because there's a slight shade missing because I'm trying to match and mirror yours. So by being true to who you are, that is all we ever need to do. By knowing that you're always safe because you're always divinely guided and protected and being able to shine that love through you means that you can see it everywhere you go around you. And it's taking a step outside the door. So first of all, you open yourself up knowing that it's okay. What's the worst that could happen? If you've experienced something negative in the past and you've, you've come through it, what's the worst that could happen? You've experienced something similar again. Okay, well, I've overcome it before, so I'll overcome it again. And the very worst thing that could happen is that you die and then none of it matters anyway. So between the point where you're born and then you die, why not have a fucking nice time in the middle as opposed to worrying and wondering what could happen? Yeah. Open the fucking door. Go for a walk outside. If you get wet, then go back in and dry yourself at the fire. But at least take that first step out. Become familiar with your surroundings and then start to venture out further afield. And as you say, having people to talk to and share it with, they could then say to you, actually, if you go out and you take four steps forward and then turn to your left and travel in that direction, you'll, you'll walk to a beautiful waterfall. At that waterfall, you'll be able to sit and reflect upon what is uh, not only at the depth of the water, but also at the surface. You'll be able to see a reflection and discover information within. So it's taking information from outside as well as knowing that it's all within. The answer is always always inside you know this the answer is love it's inside us it's who we are shine it through you to everyone around you job done <laughs> that was so good i loved that i loved listening to that um wow and i wanted to say something 
whenever you had said we didn't come here to suffer so it can obviously you know as a person who struggles with their mental health sometimes mm -hmm. me personally and and so many people in the world we know likewise likewise yeah. me and um it can feel like we came here to suffer whenever we're in those spirals and we're in those really deep dark night of the soul moments mm -hmm. right um and what we had we had mentioned you'd mentioned something earlier about um what did you say <clears throat> something about the belief behind something is is what makes it true mm -hmm. or or what activates it or you said something very i remember it but don't remember exactly what you said it reminds me of that how when i when i am down and when i am in a spiral and when i am feeling that way i always have this knowing that i'm not going to suffer forever and you know this isn't going to last forever this is part of being a human <laughs> can't relate with humans these days but like we're here we've got to do it we've got to get here we got to fulfill that purpose right yep. get that bag but that is what <laughs> me going sometimes is just having that knowing and and being able to also allow yourself to sit in that void allow yourself to sit in those really really uncomfortable mm -hmm. really painful emotions that are so unbearable i mean for me when i when when i used to start to feel those i would find the nearest bar or i would find the nearest pipe or you know i needed to fix it i needed to mm -hmm. make make it go away i didn't want to feel it or i would you know find something else to do to distract myself and and sometimes and i tell one of my best friends this all the time you got to sit with it you sit in that void 100%. sit in that void feel that emptiness it's there it's actually there so it's there for a reason it's there for you to either become aware of it mm -hmm. and that's it and and to just allow it to be there for however long or there's something else and and sometimes that's where therapy comes in and emdr and and these somatic <clears throat> work this somatic work that you know i've done in the past or you know it's something different for everybody no one way of therapy or coaching or anything is going mm -hmm. to work the same for everyone um but i did want to just share that, that yeah you know. no that's yeah 100 percent and in the dark it is in the darkness i did it again again i've this these last two weeks have been fucking heavy for me yeah. it's been probably the heaviest period to the point where i wanted to run away and i've addressed so many different things in the past transcended so many different things and then it's like there's a little reflection again and it's like oh look over there and now i get i i'm aware of what it is and then it's actually doing the work not covering it up i wanted to share this with you very quickly because this is exactly what you were just saying and it's a post that i created a little while ago stop running away from the pain don't eat it away don't drink it away don't fuck it away don't party it away and most definitely don't try to buy it away sit with it feel it and accept it for what it is only then will you be free 
Wow. That's it. And it's right. it's an understanding of the fact that there is nothing to be fearful of because we are it itself. Being scared of the darkness is just because we don't understand the darkness. When we know that we are the darkness, like that picture, I'm, there's there's light and dark in everything. <laughs> there's good and bad in it all. Yeah. I am the angel and the devil. I am everything in completion. And when you go into that state of fear, literally anybody listening that wants to do this work, I did it last week. It took me an hour to get to the point where I could hold enough love for myself for the egoic self where my higher self was able to love my physical self or my physical self was able to actually accept the love from my higher self enough to then take the journey. Mm. I felt physically sick. No, I was like, All right, I'm going to go and sit and I'm going to go and, and journey. My body was like, no, you're not made me feel physically sick, made it feel as though somebody was literally pulling my, my solar plexus out of my body. And it took me, I say, an hour of just loving on myself to be able to then go into to, into the journey. And then I open the door and I walk into the dark. It never ends. Once you open the door and you walk into the darkness and you fill up that area with the light, because that's what we do. We are the light. And if you look at it as a, a bubble, let's say anybody listening that wants a, a visual representation of what it is, a bit like a dartboard or a... Um, where you do archery and you have a circle and other circles around it. So you start in the center and in that center circle, it's everything inside it is, is illuminated. It's light. It's like the house. There's light in it. When you venture outside it, it's potentially dangerous and fearful because you don't know what's in that next layer. When you enter into the next layer, when you break through the bubble of separation and illusion, which we call fear, you're then able to illuminate that next area. So it's as though you're continuously expanding your potential because every time you break through an old limitation or again, an illusional perspective of separation, you reconnect back to the truth of who you are, of who we are to the point where you become everything, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the light and the dark. And then there's nothing to be fearful of in either. Oh, that person loves me. Okay, great. I am love. That person hates me. Okay, great. I am hate. I'm both of them. It's either you're everything or you're nothing at all. And the same with the creation of it. You can't create all the good things in your life and then play victim when something bad happens. You've created that bad thing so that you can learn from it, so you can overcome it, so you can transcend it, so you can then reflect that information out to everyone around you again. Mm. It's a beautiful way to live, to know that, it's for you, created by you, being experienced through you. <laughs> mm -hmm. I love that perspective. And it's such a good, a good way to take responsibility too for your yes. life. I saw a post just yesterday. The devil exists so that you don't have to claim response. So you have a scapegoat. So you can blame somebody else. So you don't have to take responsibility. Oh, the devil made me do it. Really? Yeah. Uh, okay. And again, the collective belief. So as you were saying, as I mentioned earlier, the reason that, and I've done a video on this, the reason that God answers people's prayers is because collectively we believe in an entity called God that answers our prayers. Only if we live within a certain parameter of existence by following the commandments, etc. But then if you ask God to answer your prayers, you basically say, okay, 
you write a, a contract of requirement or desire and you put it out to the universe and then you forget about it. You let go of it. So you vibrated in acceptance of it, knowing that God will answer your prayers. And therefore, then the universe aligns you to that which you wish to experience vibrationally. And lo and behold, God answers your prayers. Mm -hmm. Doing it ourselves is a lot more difficult because we have to come into full acceptance of all of the negatives within ourself you know mm -hmm. i'm not good enough i still have this i still do that i still feel low whatever it is and again i was speaking to jess about this yesterday the the most the easiest way as a hack as it were to manifest anything is to manifest it for somebody else so again me this physical body that is cane Quite often, I hate this thing here with this thing up here. There's a lot of hatred that has been experienced for myself in the past. And it's quite easy to then step back into that frequency again when things outside of myself reflect back to that previous state of being. So again, if something happens that reminds me, then I'm like, oh, yeah, I, do, I don't like that part of me or whatever it is, you know. By knowing that I'm just a, a character, that I'm a, a servant, if you like, to the divine, it doesn't matter about this physical thing because I'm just, it, does, it really doesn't. I could, I could not do what I do if it wasn't for the guidance that I act upon. When I create meditations, it's not me. When I make my videos, it's not me. I would get in my own way and I would try to make it a particular way that would not be what was required. So it's accepting that, there is always divinity at work and that we ourselves are that divinity. So God answers your prayers because collectively humanity believes God does. Our angels and our guides are there to protect us and to guide us because, again, we collectively believe that they are. When there's only the individual I, when we're doing it ourselves, we have to hold that self-belief for this I, for myself, that is the same as the collective belief for God so that's a very very deep journey and realize point of realization to get to so instead of that anybody listening that wants to manifest and the reason that i will create what i'm here to do is because it's not for me and if i flow through information let's say money because it's something that was every everybody is very aware of and that they can understand and and reflect upon if i'm getting money for what i do there's still part of me that feels that it's wrong. But knowing that actually it's just energy that I'm flowing through me externally and that everything I do benefits everybody else, it's not about me, it's about the collective I, then I'm, e I'm done, it's easy, and I can just joyfully skip through it. When I start getting back into me needing to be good enough or needing to do X, Y, or Z, then I get very heavy and very low and don't feel good enough and my old anxiety tendencies return and feelings of depression and and like and as you yourself have have said and again that's why i do what i do because i know the difference between over here and over here i know the difference between living in the darkness and hate and anger and living in the light and joy and love and then it's finding the balance and the harmony between the two to to experience what we call life yes wow <laughs> thank you for sharing all of that i loved that nice. yes very nice. similar experience there and i'd be really interested in and in looking into your astrology your birth chart 
um, and your South node and North node and all the, I mm-hmm. love, love, love to analyze charts like that. So just everything you're telling me, I, it makes me wonder, Oh, where's this placement and this placement here in his chart. <laughs> no, that would be, I'd, I'd love to, I'd love to see that if, if I send you over everything. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, I'd love if you find the time to do that and then we can post it as part of the actual podcast as well for people to yes. see. I would love that amazing is there anything that you would like to add as a as a way of rounding everything up and bringing it back into back into completion i think you know as the topic has mainly been uh, not mainly but a lot of it has been self-love throughout our duration of the call but Mm -hmm. i think really, really making decisions and listening to yourself. Like those are the things I'm feeling called to, to say mm-hmm. is anyone listening to this? Um, that was what I struggled with so much. I would let other people make decisions for me, or I would allow other people to influence my decisions. And finally I'm in this place in my life, I'm 25 years old. And for all that time, I didn't make my own decisions. So that is part of self-love is really, really honing in on what do I want? Mm. It doesn't matter what anyone else wants. It doesn't matter what mom, dad, partner. um, It doesn't even matter. You know, even people you really look up to cannot know what's best for you. That's really important. And I, that's the last thing that I really wanted to share. Thank you. And as a way of expanding upon that beautiful piece of wisdom, I would like to say that no matter how you be, if you're trying to be a way that you think somebody else wants you to be, you're getting it wrong. If you're trying to be a certain way for your, as a, let's say your mother, anybody listening, until you have gone back to a moment in your past where you required your mother's approval because you were scolded for doing something wrong and you didn't want to feel as though you were bad, that you were traumatized, that you felt guilt and shame around something you'd done. So then you went seeking their approval. And what you did, say you tried 10 different things, the one thing you did that then rec- that your mother were then approved of, you would say, okay, if I be like that, my mum will like me. And then you'll spend your entire life, whenever you're with your mum, being like that so she likes you you won't be like you won't be the version of yourself with your mother that you are with anybody else there'll be a different version of yourself when you're with your mum to when you're with your partner to when you're with your colleagues at work to when you're with your friends to when you're on your own if the only time you're ever true to yourself is when you're on your own then please be true to yourself only at that point to start with if when you are on your own you want to run away or to cover it up or to to go on socials to continuously have some form of interaction taking place or to smoke it or to drink it or to eat it to cover it away to to hide it to mask it then it's required simply to do nothing to just go outside and to sit in nature and just reflect and just connect to that that beautiful entity that is our mother once you have cut cords with anybody and everybody from your past you will be free to really make your own decisions for you so imagine yourself as the center of a web and every single person that you have had interactions with having connections going off in all 
sorts of directions. If you cut your cords, first of all, to your parents and every other major relationship, again, this is all on YouTube, all the information could be found on the Cosmic Surfer channel, cut cords with them, and then create a new cord saying, okay, I am now an adult, and my mother will treat me accordingly. So when I go to see my mom, I won't revert back to being a six-year-old child seeking her approval. I will be my self-actualized, realized adult version of me, and she can be her adult version. And we can have an adult relationship, one that's mutually beneficial and uplifting for everybody involved. Using mother as an example, because... A great example, though. Yeah, it is. Because most people, a lot of people have that complex where they really want to prove to their mother. Mm -hmm. you know most yeah. people probably have that a little yeah. bit 100 percent. and yeah. every time you try i guarantee you're getting it wrong because you don't know what they really want you to be like unless you have a conversation how would you like me to be and they tell you every single scenario and every single way that they'd like you to react you don't have all the information so you can never get it right so accept that whatever you do is going to be wrong and then just choose to do whatever you want to do for you. Why not? Well, and <laughs> if they're wanting you to be a certain way and they're creating this idealized version of you, mm -hmm. right? Um, that's their that's their own issue. So actually, you living up to this idealized version of yourself, obviously mm -hmm. pulling away from your authentic self, your your authentic you, mm -hmm. you're already coming out of alignment because of that. But it almost creates this, it's almost like you're, you're doing something for them that they should be doing for themselves. Um, that was the, the best way that I could explain that is their void and whatever it is that they need you to be for them is mm -hmm. their responsibility and not yours. And it's hard even, of course, with our moms and our siblings and our family, if you're close with your family, you know how it feels to, or even, you know, anyone that you consider family, you know how it feels to disappoint them when when you're not living up to their expectations and they feel any level of disappointment mm. um i felt i've de definitely gone through that with my mom but finally as i got older i realized these are things for her to deal with these are not for me to deal with and you do have to kind of it's like that very uncomfortable feeling of stepping out of it and either even setting boundaries and letting them know this can't go on any longer. I can't be this person for you. Like, yep. wow, I have to find who I'm supposed to be for myself. And, and you're supposed to do that too. So I can't do that for you. And if they truly love you, then they will be happy for you being your true self as opposed to trying to live through you and achieve their goals and ambitions that they, that they never got to experience themselves through you. I didn't get to be what I wanted to be. So I want you to do that so that I can experience it through you. Uh, no, that's not what I want to do. That's not who I am. Sorry that you didn't get to where you wanted to be, but I'm not going there. I'm going this way. I love you, but see you later. Yeah. Sometimes exactly. needs to be done. It's putting yourself first again. And again, anybody that wants to do a self-worth journey, <laughs> surprisingly, there's a video for it online. <laughs> So, yeah, thank you. Emily, it's been an absolute pleasure. Truly, truly, thank you.
Thank you for everything you're doing, you're continuing to do, and for the enrichment and benefit that you bring humanity, being that light, being that beacon of inspiration, shining out from you to the world around you. It's clear to see. It really is. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you so, so much. And thank you for having me on here. Thank you for all the work that you're doing. I see you every single day. You're showing up and you're doing it and you're, you're really putting out some amazing content too. So thank you for that. Um, all your meditations, everything that you do. Thank mm. you. Truly. This, this is my role. It's the reason that I'm here. I have accepted my my position if you like in in the world and i'm now I'm, I'm just going from strength to strength from moment to moment enjoying those ups and downs and again that's why it's the cosmic surfer so that we surf those waves it goes up and down surf it if you crash into the wave you're going to get wet but you can climb back on board and then just carry on surfing again i love it so much <laughs> emily all my love truly and i will um speak to you very very soon Thank you, Thank you to everybody listening. Keep on doing what you're doing. Keep on shining your light and helping to guide and lead back others back home to themselves, back home to love. Love, light, and infinite blessings. Namaste. Namaste.